0: Welcome to the Holistic Warrior Life Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those who want to live a life fully charged with health, abundance, and love, and a place for you to unleash your inner holistic warrior and thrive in all areas of your life, mind, body, and soul. Come join me and my guests each week as we talk about what it means to truly thrive despite your health diagnosis, your current circumstances in all areas of your life, so that you can stay motivated, inspired, and walk away with some tangible tools to use every single day. This isn't your highlight reel. It is the raw, real, and gritty gray areas of what it means to be a holistic warrior. It is never too late to live the life that you've dreamed of. Your time is now. Who am I? I'm your host, Tanya Jane Marias Vaz, a woman of many capes, some of which include being a wife to a wonderful man who is my rock and my love, mom to an intuitive and spirited three-year-old boy, best-selling author, certified Reiki master, and a self-expression and holistic energy coach. I'm also the founder of my two brand babies, the Holistic Warrior Life Co. and Warrior Life Creative Co., I'm a health, wellness and mindset junkie who is obsessed with helping people step into their fullest expression and reclaim control of their health. I believe that no dream is ever out of reach and that your success is non-negotiable, as long as you're committed to it and as long as you move forward with pure intent and inspired and messy action. So you ready? Let's do this thing. Hello, 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 holistic warriors, and welcome to yet another episode. I'm your host Tanya Jane Marius Baz, and today on the show, I have another special guest with me. I know I say that every show; all my guests are equally special, but this one even more so because we have a kindred bond, so to speak, and a lot. And you'll find out more as to why um, as the episode goes on, but. I was drawn to her the, from the moment I read her chapter in her newly upcoming book that's going to be released soon. And I think she, her message, her voice, her spirit is one that will resonate with every woman worldwide. So I have here on the show with me Naya Isior. And Naya was born in Jamaica and now lives in Missouri with her husband and two children. She worked as a hospice social worker before becoming a stay-at-home mom. She recently also started her blog, perfectforthepocket.com, and is a co-author in the You've Got This Mama 2 series by Sabrina Greer and a few other co-authors. Well, welcome, Naya, to the show, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Yay. I hope I pronounced your name properly. I always like doubt myself when whenever it comes to that, but let me know if I botched um, botched up or not, feel free. Sure,
1: sure. It's Nia. Nia, oh
0: my yes, gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay.
1: That's okay. I get that all the time. <laughs> it is okay, trust me.
0: I should have asked you this earlier. That's okay. Oh god. Okay. Well thank you so much for being here and thank you for letting me know how to say your name sure Mia. For having me perfect okay um what i'm gonna do right now is do a little bit of a rapid fire i like to call it rapid fire although it's not so rapid um <laughs> kind of like a quick five questions so that our listeners get a feel for who you are and like what you like and you know just all that jazz before okay. we dive into the actual episode i'm ready again Nothing is scripted, so I really don't know what's going to come out of my mouth right now.
1: Or mine, <laughs> um, so this should be fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Well, my first things first, um, what is your favorite food? As a foodie, I have to always ask this.
1: Sure. Um, my favorite food is curried goat.
0: Mm, yes, yum.
1: with white yum. rice.
0: <laughs> Love it. Yum. You're making yeah. me hungry now.
1: <laughs> yeah, my favorite food group probably would be, um, I'd say Vietnamese though. Nice. So, yeah, favorite meal and then favorite love. group. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, those both are really, really delicious and freaking awesome. Uh, my next question for you is if you had to travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? It would be Japan. Nice. Any special reason why?
1: Because of the food. In fact, I just got um, some Japanese salt. I requested it from my secret Santa and got some Japanese salt uh, because of a documentary I watched on Netflix. And I think I I just love the way that they treat food. Mm -hmm. And so I, I usually choose where I want to go based on food. And so right now, and for a few years, really, it's been Japan. So I, I almost always know what to say when it comes to food. So <laughs> no doubt, Japan.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. That, that's actually a really good way to look at it, too. Like, instead of just looking at a place or like just looking for like historic landmarks, which are great, no doubt. Um, just going by cuisine and like, what are you craving or like, what do you want to try more authentically? That's amazing. Um, my next question for you is. Um, So you've obviously, you're an author, you write blog posts, and you know, you're an author in your upcoming book. Um, What would be one of your favorite reads?
1: Wow, okay, very tough one. (laughs) Um, Immediately without even thinking, my side of the mountain came to mind. Do not ask me who the author is. (laughs) um, My father actually read it, I believe when he was younger. And I remember it being a Newbery award winning book, I believe. Nice. And, um, so I read it, my brother read it, loved it. And it's, I think, in fact, um, I'll tell you a secret. I haven't told anyone, but, um, if I, if I ever write a book, I yeah. think one of the chapters would be books my father read. And I think I love the book so much because it's something my father has passed down to me. One of those, Aww tangible yet intangible things of course and so um i think that's what i would choose it immediately came to mind and it it that book um resonates with me for that reason and it's adventurous and it's um a young adult book and i really i like those a lot so yeah my side of the mountain
0: that's amazing i'm definitely gonna have that in the show notes for any of our listeners if they're curious i always like to ask that question um just because it's a good way to compile a list recommended by yeah. uh, our guests. Um, but yeah. Awesome. My next question for you is, what would you do if you were given a million dollars?
1: Oh, man, a million dollars. Um, okay. Without thinking too hard, I have actually a A list on my phone. I love lists, (laughs) and it is. In fact, I may have it right here. I'll tell you what it's titled. Um, something like "If I Were Filthy Rich." And one of the things I would do is donate to hospitals, beds that keep deceased babies warm. Um, and I that has um, that's that's on my list of things to do if I ever come into a. Crap ton of money, wow. so it's a little bit morbid, but the but not really because that's a reality, and I think that's a need um uh, based on someone's story that I heard, yeah. and I thought, my goodness, um you know this is a special moment, and it's a a hard moment, and why shouldn't you have such a basic thing as the environment and a space for you know moms to be with their babies of course um, and so I think that's that hospice piece playing into you know, yeah. into my life again and how I would be, um, how I
2: would yeah. give.
0: No, for sure. And honestly, uh, there, it's just when it comes to babies and moms and just women or families like that, like it's, it's never, there's no such thing as the right time or right the perfect moment. It's just about ensuring that they have what they need, right? right. Um, no matter the situation, it's about making things accessible. Right. Um, so that's a that's a really beautiful cause. Um, are there any other things that you'd like to do if you ever had, like, well, when you when you get there? <laughs>
1: sure, yeah. With my money, I, yeah. I found a list, and it's called "Things to Do with My Riches." And um, next on my list is to donate to St. Jude's um, Children's Hospital. You know, kids with cancer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, send a kid to college, so they'll be debt free when they graduate. And to sponsor a death and dying education course in a social work uh, or nursing or medical school and do a cross-cultural exchange between kids. So like a kid's camp, but cross-cultural, like a a foreign exchange kind of a thing. Nice. And um, so kind of along those lines to a youth empowerment camp. So I have lots of plans for when I strike it rich, if that ever happens. I'm just going to put it out there, and
0: oh, that will right? that will. If, so, it's yeah. not if; it's when. Um, I will. It, it,
1: I I, yeah. I receive that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so beautiful. So basically, philanthropy, right? Like philanthropy is awesome, and to be able to give back. Yes. Um, based off of what you've kind of witnessed and been a part of in your life, um, that's that's a beautiful way. Uh, that's an empowering way to go about living. Um, My last question, I'm going to keep this like a little bit of a fun one. Um, Do you prefer coffee or
1: tea? Tea, hands down, because <laughs> I am a little bit sensitive to caffeine. It wires me way too much, and I will—I I not even be able to blink. And so I don't—I don't drink coffee. Um, yeah, but I am drinking some chamomile tea right now, which before bed is a terrible idea. I'll tell you. But um, yeah, tea. really,
0: I thought chamomile was supposed to help us sleep better.
1: I'll need to potty.
2: <laughs> <A lot>. oh <laughs> that's why
0: my- <laughs> oh gosh full disclosure right right <laughs> but that's okay we keep things raw and real here on the holistic warrior exactly. life so it's coupon's part of being a warrior right <laughs> um but no that's awesome um another good tea blend if you want to ever like fall asleep i think it's like lemon balm with like valerian root and something else I can't remember you'll I'm
1: have in- to send that to me please yeah because- it was
0: just, someone made it for me like when I was at their house and, it, and I don't think it was even something that you got at the market it was just a blend awesome. that they made at home and yeah. it was so relaxing and as I was driving home I kept falling asleep and I'm like this is not this can't be happening right now. <laughs> like, yeah that's how relaxing that he was <laughs> amazing yeah yeah I'll definitely send you the herbs or I'll like list it in the show notes as well.
1: Excellent questions, my friend.
0: Yay. (laughs) I know. I never know what I'm going to ask. Sometimes it turns super serious. Sometimes it's very, it just depends on who it is or, uh, yeah, I just never know what I'm going to (laughs) ask. Well, with that being said, and I love that, you know, the questions are so appropriate because whatever you're talking about, it's kind of like what we're going to dive into in the episode itself. So I'm really excited. And, you know, I want to know more about how did you get to being who you are today? Like, what's your story? Um,
3: uh, um, I think
1: that I, I'm a product certainly of um, being born and raised in Jamaica. That is huge, a huge part of who I am. And then also, my faith has um, shaped me quite a bit as well. Yeah. And so those two things, and then I'd, I'd add in there to my um, hospice experience that really has impacted me quite a bit. And um, I'm, that's kind of I'm the sum of those three things, in addition to you know any other factors you want to list. But those three things come to mind, and those are pretty huge um, factors in who I am today.
0: Yeah. So when you say you were you grew up in Jamaica, when did you move to the U.S.? Two
1: thousand two. I mean, oh wow. Yeah. Yes. So I've been. So That's
0: here. not that long. I mean, it's long enough, but it's like still recent.
1: R- r- well, yes, yes. I think yeah. that's one of those relative things. Like it, it seems like a long time, but also not really. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So two thousand two.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow! And so. do you notice a big difference between the two cultures or like, uh, do you notice the difference? When I say cultures, I just want to be clarify like it's more so like the values or the sociocultural dynamic. Like, do you notice a big difference there?
1: With certain things? Um, I do. And in fact, um, yeah there are they're, they're big differences, I'd say. The biggest one that comes to mind, I think that Jamaicans are um, more about the collective and the group and the whole. Mm-hmm. and I think sometimes here, I feel like it's more about the individual. yeah and that took me a while to to get used to. I don't think yeah. there is you know good or bad um, personally. I, I like more of the group dynamic just because I feel like it makes us more um, you know, being unique isn't always all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Especially when you think about, um, you know, race issues, religion, any, any of those hot topic things, whenever you divide people, I, I, you know, is that, is that doesn't really necessarily, um, turn into a good thing. So I, I like how, um, how much pride Jamaicans have in being Jamaican and we all can connect on that one thing. And things like the Olympics, you know, every country kind of, you can see that group pride. And I wish that we had that more on an everyday basis, but just for each other as human beings. And I think that's missing probably both places, but um, that might be the biggest difference that I see that comes to mind
2: right now.
0: Wow. No, I love it. I love I love that you even said that, you know what, like being a part of the greater collective. It's, you know, yeah, everyone's their own respective individual, you're your right. own unique blueprint. But I think there's something more powerful that takes place when we come together as one collective consciousness. Exactly. Um, you know, and it's not even more so about like race or culture or skin color, like all of those things, or, you know, It's just when we all start talking about things like health or wellness or, I don't know, any other social issue, like it unites us, um, regardless of culture, regardless of proximity or geographic location or whatever. Um, No, that's amazing. Like if we could operate with that at the forefront as opposed to culture being the forefront. Yeah, yeah. I think the world would be a much better place, you know, bit by bit. But. Sadly, that's a dialogue that <laughs> will change, hopefully, in the next few, I don't know, generations to come. But I think we're like on that path. Um, I do think most of us, and I, I don't know if it's a millennial thing or like a 21st century thing, but I think a lot of people are geared towards that um, for the most part.
1: I hope so. Like, I do.
3: Yeah.
0: Or maybe it's the idealist in me that's thinking that. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. But no, I love that you said that, Um, you know, when so you moved to the US from Jamaica, Um, you know, you you obviously you met your spouse here um, in the US. I I say here for those of you listening. But like I said, I'm in Toronto. So but I know Nia, so it's just, to me, everything's here. <laughs> right, right. Day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right, this weird exactly. thing that goes on in my head, and I'm like, hang on, she's in the U.S. <laughs> so, um, so, you guys met there. Um, when, you know, you talk actively about your... Sorry, are you asking me right? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you talk actively in your chapter um, about your fertility or your journey with like fertility or infertility, as mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, um, could you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, so I I talk about not always wanting to have kids, so that's the first yeah. thing. Um, yeah. But then when I turned twenty eight, for whatever reason, I suppose it's this biological clock that I wouldn't say every person has, obviously, but um, that just clicked for me, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is what Women talk about when they say,
2: yeah.
1: "You know that clock's ticking." And I talked to my husband, and he was more receptive. We were at a point where we we're like, "Well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Probably a no." Um, and so I started the process, and um, it, things were not going great. And I think I had this this feeling that it would not happen easily. And Mm -hmm. so I wasted no time in, you know, talking to my provider, my doctor. And um, I remember the conversation so clearly when she said, I think you might have PCOS. And I, I'd never heard of it before. And when I said to her, oh my gosh, yes, she listed a few symptoms. And I thought, exactly. How, how did you know this? And, um, And she said, yeah, I think that's, I think that's what you have. Let's do some more tests. And sure enough, that's, that was a culprit. And, um, we just kind of followed Uh, the process from there. So I had no idea before, but when she told me that it explained, you know, the things I had been experiencing for a while and, um, just having that diagnosis was so freeing, but also it was the beginning of what was to be and. um, Interesting and sometimes difficult journey.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just pause right there and like go back a bit. When you said that, you know, um, it explains all of the symptoms or like all of what you've been experiencing, just for our listeners, could you maybe list or yes. kind of, yes, happily. outline what it was uh, that you'd been experiencing? Because it's unique to each woman. Sure, is, but... sure. So um,
1: for me, it was. Hardly any periods at all. Very irregular. I I mean, like maybe a few times a year, and then they would last for like two weeks. I was described it as being like first you start off like a a nice little jog, then you jump into a sprint, and then you jog some more. And because you know it, it really lasted so long. And um, and there was the um hair for sure. Yeah, that was a huge thing. Um and I think she mentioned something else too. Oh, it was uh hair thinning. And yeah. um so when she mentioned that I told her I said I've been feeling like a teenage boy for so long because I'm super sweaty, super hairy and just like, you know, feeling not even feminine and yeah. my blood work came back to show high testosterone as well. And I just thought, oh my gosh, yes, this is why. And um, so that those were kind of my symptoms. Does that answer that question? Okay.
0: No, of course. No, it does. It totally does. And you know what? Thank you so, so much for sharing that. Um, I really do appreciate it. And you know what? Those are actually some of those are very similar to actually those are the exact symptoms that I've had. And I still battle from time to time. And it's interesting that you said that because um, a couple of the like I've come across other women here. Um, local in toronto that have had pcos or like when i say had i'm talking about they still have it but it's more in remission like they've managed to either get rid of some symptoms or manage to like manage those symptoms a bit more actively um be it through natural protocols or through like through whatever other routes that they're taking along with um, natural remedies Mm -hmm. um it's interesting to note that it's so different from each woman right like some like me I was your classic extreme case of PCOS like I have the overweight I had the abdominal um weight around the midsection like I have that still you know um I had the hair growth I mean like frig since I was 13 like I remember seeing that first thing come up at 13 and at that time my periods were like two weeks long and I hated it. I did not know what the hell was going on right. with me, right? And then they put me on the pill at 13 and I did it for two days and I'm like, I'm not taking this, but that's just me because I've always hated taking any pills. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you don't know any better. And then as you as I got older, I just didn't make much of it. I'm like, okay, I think this is life. Like right. this is the man that I'm dealt as a woman. So I got to bear it, <laughs> you right. know? Yes, it was pretty awkward, right? Like, uh, you're very conscious around like guys and whatever. I just didn't want to be around people. Um, if you eat something, it's like, you don't understand how you look like you're almost like 20 pounds heavier when you barely ate, or why you can't lose the weight, even though you work out or you know, you tell your family, "I'm I'm dieting, I'm working out," but they're like, "Oh, but you don't look any skinnier, right?" So right. it's like the Gosh. whole mental and emotional yes. yo yo that goes exactly. on. And I know I'm not the only one that faces this, so that's I'm speaking like up for the collective. Yes, um, it's crazy. Like, and it, that's the thing. Like when you said that your diagnosis was freeing, but it started another, you know, Pandora's box. Almost exactly. like, okay, now what? <laughs>
2: exactly. I felt
0: that exact way. Like, it was almost like when I got my diagnosis at 23, because I ended up in the ER. Um, oh, no. I thought, okay, like the next day when they told me, oh, you have PCOS. I'm like, oh, I'm like this explains what's wrong with my body. At least now I know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, now what? Now what? <laughs> you know, now, what? exactly. Right. Like, you know, where do we go from here? And then so began that journey over the last six, seven years of like, I need to be able to figure this out, like my way, I'm not going to do it their way, like, who are they anyway? You know, so I'm really happy that you said that, Um, you know, once you found out that, you know, that was your diagnosis and stuff, like, how, like, how did you feel emotionally or mentally? Like, how, what were the the next few months or years like how did that look for you how did that feel for you
1: well after hearing um your story just now I realized that um you'd been dealing with it for so long um I and I think for me because mine was surround, surrounding um trying to have a baby Yeah, that I I was okay, PCOS diagnosis. And immediately what I did was trying to have a baby. So it wasn't even trying to manage symptoms because I was on birth control, which that I think helped with the symptoms, some, the regular period and, you know, skin issues and whatever. Um, So in fact, right now is when I'm starting to really deal with the symptoms because I'm not on birth control. I'm not taking the IVF hormones or anything. Yeah. So now I'm like waking up, my body's kind of waking up to um it's normal self if you will. And yeah. I'm also waking up to what I have ahead of me um because there's no longer this big obstacle of having the babies. I've had my babies. I'm done. And so now <laughs> I think PCOS is back to the forefront whereas um the IVF process kind of you know, without meds.
3: Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: exactly. And so emotionally at the time I, I thought, again, I was relieved, but also there was a bit of, you know, why me? Um, is it something I did? Um, should I actually have kids? Is this a sign? You know, any, any number of things that I'm sure other women ask and question and there's guilt and there's that whole thing. Um, so right now, I I am in um, a season of wanting to figure out a good balance for me. I am not yeah. opposed to taking meds. And I know that you, you and I have talked about this before where I'm like, you know, yes, I'll use meds to kind of balance this out. Whereas other women like yourself are on the more uh, natural route, which is yeah. great and fine. In fact, I'm a bit jealous of that. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come to terms again with who I am yeah. on a physical level, which, of course, plays into emotions and like um, I, what I struggle with the most, I think, is feeling feminine because, um, yeah, I really struggle with that a lot with the symptoms that I have. And so that's kind of what I'm working through right now.
0: Okay, wow. And I, you know what, like I, the whole time as you're sharing that, like, I'm just, I want to give you like a big, big, big hug all the way from here. Because <laughs> <laughs> No, because like, and that's us explaining this to my spouse earlier. I'm like, when people tell me that they're going through this, or if it's a loss, or if someone's hurting, like it genuinely, like it breaks my heart, like it. not in a I feel sorry for you way. It's more like, I just want to hug you. and like, I just want to help heal you or like, I don't know, help you feel better, like in some way. And, you know, thank you so much for being so open and sharing that and, you know, just being so vulnerable and about your journey and where you are right now, right? Oftentimes, we think that, oh, because I've gone through the treatments, blah, 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 it doesn't exist. And no, it's not that. Like my symptoms came back after I had a baby. Like some people would tell me, "Oh, but your symptoms should go away. You had a baby," and I'm like, "That's not how it works." Right? Right. <laughs> I
2: would
0: Hopefully. love for that to be the answer, but Hopefully. that's not how it works. Right? <laughs> right? Like no. Like I, I got laser treatment done eventually, like for my facial hair, and yeah, you know that definitely helped. But at the end of the day, like it still didn't. It didn't make how I felt internally go away. Right. And like so it was a lot of it was like also mindset work and like more the emotional um healing, the self-worth healing, the confidence, self-esteem. Like and I Mm -hmm. find that with a lot of women that I work with even one on one, um, you know, I tell them I'm like, I'm not gonna tell you that I can help you get a baby. Like that's not my job. (laughs) Um you know, that is, you know, it's a combination of, you know, if it's meant for you and All of these other things, right? If that happens for you as a bonus of you balancing your hormones and, you know, being true to yourself, like living your own best life, like being happy for yourself. Right, right. Great. If it doesn't happen, it's okay as well, as hard as that is to hear. like, And I, I always drill this in because it's you're not defined as a woman by your ability to be a mom or not. And I think that's the dialogue. That that was the dialogue that annoyed me when I first got diagnosed with PCOS at twenty-three. And uh I was like I just honest quite honestly, all of this just started out of frustration. (laughs) It just started out of frustration because I wanted to get people aware about stuff. And uh key. Yeah. So yeah. Like it's you know, you're not your worth as a woman, your value as a woman is not defined by your ability to be or to birth a child yes giving birth and all of those things they're great blessings and honestly like i've been graced with it and i'm really really grateful for it but that doesn't mean that someone else is any less than you know and i see some women when they speak that way and i'm like no no you're a child of god you have every right to be here um he has a plan or the universe has a plan for you um Child or no child. Right. There's a destiny and there's a higher purpose there in place.
1: Absolutely. So. I agree. And I, I talk about that briefly, how I, I question that in you know in the chapter that I wrote.
0: Yeah. And yeah. um
1: yes, I worth being linked to some role beyond just being alive is is so damaging and it's reinforced yep. a lot by society, um, outright sometimes certainly yeah. subliminally and um it's a struggle it really is and the strongest of of us still I think struggles with that you know and it's yeah. it's a roller coaster of yes I'm I'm worthy and I'm and I'm of worth and I'm so valuable and then you have one day that you're just like oh my gosh am I even do I even matter and yeah. that one day, man, can really set you back, and it's a matter of just constantly reminding yourself and reminding each other, because you can tell yourself all day long too. But sometimes to yeah. hear it from an outside source is is important. And again, you can hear it from an outside source, but until you tell yourself, you know, the impact isn't as great. So yeah, wherever the reminders need to come from, and again, that's that collective piece that I talked about that I that I like because it takes more than just you I think to get through this
0: oh yeah no it takes like a whole village right like I feel like motherhood like you need a village to raise a child like I think women need to form a village to help empower each other and I'm not talking about surface level empower and then go you know shit talk each other behind each other's back I'm talking about truly hold space truly like show up for each other like be that mirror to one another and help hold each other up um you know call it out like it is but also help encourage one another and show one another um something that could help them you know if you know something that can help someone else go help it go help them go do it right um don't withhold right don't hold back um i think there's greater success in working together um than there is in having a one one woman show so to speak you know like yeah you're unique like you were mentioning earlier when we were, when we were talking mm-hmm. it's great that we all we're all unique there's no doubt about right. that but the beauty in it is when women or when when a group of people come together and they feel so strongly about something they can move mountains with that exactly they can move mountains with that energy yes so yes agreed yeah yeah no, I, I love it. I, I really, really love um, how you shared your journey in the chapter. Like I think so many women um, can benefit from reading your chapter. And just from reading that whole series, I think that there's nothing like it out there. Um, I've read a bunch of different mommyhood books when I was pregnant and expecting, but I wish I had something like that you've got this mama series because it's like true stories from actual women yes. who kind of lived through the fire and gone through it and yeah, gone through grief or loss or like special needs, like, you know, different diagnoses and like all these other things. Um, I definitely think it's empowering to know that there's women that you can reach out to as well. Right. Like right. people can reach out to you when they read your book oh, and absolutely. if they resonate, like I, there's so many stories with women and peace women and PCOS in that in the second series, I was blown apart. Like I was as I was reading it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like more people need to talk about this. We
1: do, we do <laughs> like, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I realized I'm like, I'm not alone. Like there's there's so many people out there that have it, but not everyone talks about this. Right. Not everyone talks about the cultural dialogue even, right? Um when you were talking about the collective and like it being beaten down subliminally into us, I had this image of like my wedding day, actually. And I remember this moment so clearly, we were kneeling down. And it was after you have the first Holy Communion or whatever, like you're kneeling down the bride and groom and what whatnot, you're praying. And I was crying. I don't know, if, I can't mm. remember if it was, it was like tears of like, you know, happiness. And I didn't really sleep much the night before nice. I was awake until 4am. And they always say you should get the best sleep. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but I was crying. And I don't, in that moment, I remember like the dialogue that I was having, I don't know, know, even know if it was like praying, but I was literally like, God, like, because I'm, because I've gotten married now, please just make me a mom even once. Mm. And I'm like, when wow. I, when I think back, I'm like, wh- like, why am I even asking for that? Right. Like, I mean, yeah, you should ask and pray for what you want, but why in that way? Why would that language? And then I realized, I'm like, that's not my language.
1: Uh-huh. Uh that's
0: the language that's been beaten down into me right through subliminal conditioning go because you're married you should at least have at least one child right and I realized I'm like my mom has always said that to me and I I know she doesn't mean anything bad by it but it's just the way that things were spoken to her exactly and likely what she went through like she had she had struggles with um fertility um you know, she had when we. She only learned in hindsight later, as she grew older, that she had a thyroid problem, which is why she couldn't hang on to oh. her pregnancies. Oh. I
3: lost you. Hello. Oh,
1: there you are. I lost you for a second. Sorry.
0: Oh gosh. Okay. I'm just worried about our recording. Hopefully, it's captured everything.
1: It says recording pro- progress here on my end, so
0: okay good yeah, okay know. I'm hoping that it's captured everything but um and this will be part of the episode <laughs> it's all <laughs> raw and real right. seriously like I just I think to myself I'm like I could edit certain chunks out but no that's where the beauty is it's raw real I real time
2: I do yeah I do
0: yeah but, like you know I like I, I always wonder I'm like why would I have that dialogue Right. Like there's so many things and I, I've begun picking at it more and more lately over the last couple of months. And I'm like, hang on, whose voices are these? Right. Like, whose thoughts are
1: these? Because people you know? put perfection on a pedestal and it's, yeah, it's, it's again, those messages that we've been receiving, but you know what? People, glitches happen and here we are. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even I remember, like I, I told my spouse when I, and the, we weren't even married or dating at the time like I think we he was the first person I saw um right after I got out of the hospital Hello, like hello oh yep
2: yeah sorry you said you told
0: her yeah he was the first person I saw after my recovery period like post-surgery and stuff from the ER and I knew that he was the one for me like right away I knew Mm. and so I told myself I'm like okay I could either tell him that this is what I have as a diagnosis and he can run scared mm-hmm. and that's the end of that. Or I can tell him and he'll stay and, you know, we'll get married and happily ever after. Um, either way, like here it goes. And I I dropped that bomb on him. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, this is what I have. I just found out I'm going to take care of it. You know, I'm going to do my best to take care of it and take care of me. Um, but I think you need to know this before we, Go any further because I don't want to. I don't want this to pop up when we're trying to have kids, and then surprise. it's one of those. Yeah, you know, especially because I knew about it. It's different if you don't know your diagnosis. Exactly. Like a lot of the times with PCOS, um, for those of you listening, sometimes it's also post-pill PCOS, or like most women discover they have it when they're trying to have children. Right, that was me because we yeah. don't. Yeah, we don't clue into it right until then. Right. So, uh, a lot of times
1: it is a surprise, really
0: yeah 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 and uh he literally looked at me he's like that's fine and i'm like what do you mean
3: (laughs) wow yeah
0: yeah he was like no he's like that's fine he's like you you know like you said you're gonna do everything you can to be good to yourself and take care of yourself and everything else thereafter whether it happens or doesn't happen and i know he was alluding to children Mm -hmm. he's like that's a dialogue to be had at that point right but he's like as a human from your end, you deserve to give whatever you want in life. You need to give that 110% effort, you know, and that's it. All you can do is do your best. Yes. You don't need to be hard on yourself. Just do your best. That's it. Good man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he, like he really was the driving force or like my cheerleader in my health and wellness journey. Like he would be the bad cop to like a lot of friends and family when I couldn't say no to like eating certain things or like staying out late or doing any of those things, he would be the one to enforce the rules. Right. Keep you accountable. So, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I hate him for it in that right. moment. but then, I, then I knew it was, for, it was for my, it was for the better. Um, you know, how did, sh- which brings me to my next question, actually, um, with you and your partner, like, did you and your partner both, um, did you guys gel well post-diagnosis? Like, how did he take that news, And like, how was it, how did you guys find the IVF journey as a couple?
3: We, um, I
0: guess the
1: short version is in the, the end stories that we, um, worked really well together and we became closer, no doubt. Um, yeah. and I mean, oh man, <laughs> um, we're both pretty logical thinkers. He's an engineer and um, I just happen to be that way a lot. And so (laughs) I think that really helped because you can get mired down in the emotional bit. I mean, understandably, but I think just the way with, with how we both are, which we're, we're generally pretty opposite. But for this, we were in sync. And um, I asked, you know, hard questions like, Hey, if we can't have kids, are you still in that kind of a thing? Not even a question in his mind, which is great. I know some women aren't that lucky. Um, but yeah, we, we just went straight ahead together. We did not do a lot of doctor Googling at all. And um, we chose a, a route we wanted to go and, you know, consulted our healthcare providers and, agreed with the plan they had in place and um, asked questions appropriately and got answers and made decisions based on that. And so we just kind of tackled it head on together. A lot of times we can be looking in different directions. He and I, Um, you have the social worker engineer, you know, kind of polar opposite sometimes, but for this, we were looking in the same direction for sure. And that really helped a lot. So, um, yeah, we we are better for it, and um, I'm I'm grateful for the experience that we had together. It really brought us closer. So
2: I
0: can't Aww. be mad at
1: that. You know, he's a good he's a good yeah. one for sure.
0: No, I'm I'm so and you know what that 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 right there makes a big difference too, right? How Having. Much? the right support system on your journey of fertility or infertility, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say both those words, because people refer to them, um, you know, they have different meanings for everyone. But yeah, you like having a great support system during that journey. Absolutely, is huge, it can go a long, long, long way, especially on those days where, you know, it, it, it can get exhausting. It, Absolutely. it can get exhausting, like, I've never Done IVF, but I've read so much about it through the "You've Got This Mama" books, um, through other family friends, or through other people that I know that are going through that. And it is, you know, my own parents at one point considered doing that. Like my own mom considered it (laughs) when I was—I think I was like seven or eight—and she's like, "This is my last attempt to have like give you a sibling." And I'm like, "Mom, I'm totally fine. (laughs) An only child, (laughs) you know, don't need any siblings right now." but I like, you know, it's just it's that whole pressure to um, and I often wish like I don't think she had the best support system around her while trying to do that. Like I, my dad, I don't think was all for it or he wasn't on the same page. And that makes a big difference. It right. makes a big difference when you and your partner, they don't need to understand you because they never will like my spouse he loves me like you know he cares for me he'll make sure that I have the foods that I need to eat that are hormonally nourishing Mm -hmm. but when I have my flare-ups or my episodes of you know depression during the weeks like sometimes it can last weeks um, to be quite honest and I don't really have the energy to do anything else like I don't want to show up online I don't want to show up for people like I just don't I just want to get out of bed go to work, come home, right. be there for my kid. And that's it. Like, I don't want to do anything else because I just, I don't have it in me. Um, sometimes it's like, they don't understand it all the time, but he's there. Um, and he respects that part of my journey. And so having someone there that can honor that part of you while you're going through the changes, the hormones, the injections, all of that is huge. It is
1: huge. A support system is key. And I, and I have, an amazing support system and I, and I say have, because I still do. And um, it would, it would be a vastly different experience without my support system, which is huge. So I, yes, you, you make a really good point in bringing that up. The support is key, no doubt whatsoever.
0: Yay. And like, with that being said, like, I think men need that support too, because it's their journey as well, right? Like, it's, I think, and I want to call that out for what it is, because often as a society, we look at, like, we look at fertility and like, infertility, all of that as something of a woman's Woman's issue. issue. And I'm like, it's not a woman's issue only. It's a couple's issue. It's, you know, one in eight, I think the stats are something like one in eight couples North America wide battle with infertility and about one in 20 worldwide battle with infertility yeah that's a big number i mean that i know i know i know it's actually it it blows my mind when i look at those those numbers and for those of you wondering where i get these numbers from like just google infertility.org that's the world infertility sites on world infertility day like i think it's coming up actually in a couple weeks um you'll see that there um yeah it's a pretty astounding number and men go through it too men go through their own journey men go through their own changes hormonally and men's health also matters when it comes to the fertility and infertility quotient sometimes it's not always women in fact yes. um, and I, fertil- I think too that um
1: in and this is something that I picked up on in hospice I think that being the one on the outside of the diagnosis can be so difficult because you struggle with helplessness and that's a huge toll um, that can take a toll on the person who's watching their loved one suffer or go through chronic illness or whatever the case may be. So um, even, even from that standpoint, or even if it's, you know, a parent watching their, their kids struggle with that, it's, it's hard. It's hard
0: absolutely no it totally is right because all you want to do is like make their pain go away right and I tell them all the time I'm like I don't need your advice on what I need to do next for my health or I don't need you to tell me what I need to eat sometimes if I'm having my freakouts or my mood swings or my episodes I just literally need you to come give me a hug and that's it like that will actually calm me down more than any advice will right and I may not feel better even after that, but I think in that moment, I'm like, that's when you do that, it just shows me that, you know what? It's okay. We got this. You've got this. Yes. So, yes.
1: I'm here and we've got it.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I think that makes a big difference. So it's, it's definitely, I think more men need to talk about it. Like the dialogue just needs to open up so much Everyone. Between men and women. Like just, I think it's like a community thing. It, is. Um, it really is. And more and more people are talking up talking about it. There's quite a few great accounts I follow on Instagram. And it's, yeah, the world is rising up to awareness when it comes to women's health, men's health, especially around reproductive health. Yeah, so
1: about time.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, you know, I want to switch gears a little bit and, you know, talk a little bit about motherhood. So you mentioned that you your mom to two amazing littles, and I know you just recently had your younger, like your son. Yes, six um, months old. Yeah. Oh, and you just celebrated his christening too, right? Yes, Not too long ago. you yes, did. Yeah. How are you finding yes. it? Like, how how like is it different being a mom of two than it is being a mom of one? Uh, uh, you it know, is, um, in that when when I
1: had my daughter, the first child, everything was just so new. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm just trying to find my way around in the dark a lot, but now I'm like, okay, I have the lay of the land. And even without that mm-hmm. I can, I know where things are, you know? So it's just way less anxiety with the second one. Um, uh, but motherhood is what an insane, crazy thing. And it's I know. It. beautiful. And I'm like, <laughs> People sign up for this willingly. Like this is this is crazy, right? Um, um, yeah, and my husband and I sometimes are like, "We paid for this, right?" Like, you know, with the, I mean, <laughs> this was all out of pocket, and it and it's just insane that. Um, but I, I I I love it. I'm glad it worked out for me. I'm forever grateful because I, it, you you and I both know that it it could have been any it could have been yeah. the other way. I mean, I could have had none. And my story yeah. could be very different. So on the hardest of days, and there are many. Um, yeah. I I have to go back to uh, you know, gratitude because I'm lucky, I really am to have yeah. them. So it's a wild
0: ride. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. But good. You know, kids, honestly, like kids are the I never ever thought I would be a kid person. I'm being very honest Same. when you say that. Oh my gosh, I did not think too. I had a maternal bone in my body. And when I come home from work and like, he just goes all happy. Like, can you hear me? Like, I'll just yeah, I can hear you. But like when he runs to me and he just like hugs me and like gives me a kiss or like tries to play with my hair, it's yeah. the darndest thing. And I'm like, please don't grow up ever. <laughs> but I know that's not up to me. Um, <laughs> right, right. I know, and there are days where I feel like, oh my gosh, my patience is wearing thin. I don't think I have any more left in me, and I'm like, nope. You know what? I'm really blessed to have this moment with you. I'm really blessed to have him, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Right? Because it could have gone a different way totally, given the PCOS diagnosis. Exactly. Um, but you know, it's living proof that your body wants to work with you if you give it, if you understand it, and if you give it a chance to speak to you. Like I often think imbalances in your body are just that imbalances um sometimes they have a little bit more they need a little bit more treatment whether Mm -hmm. more intervention um i'm all for like functional medicine like working alongside allopathy as well as natural remedies Mm -hmm. but you got to do what works best for your body you know Uh, there is no one right way like everyone has a different combination of treatments that'll work for them to help them manage PCOS or any other sort of hormonal imbalance um, there. Lifestyle plays a huge role, um, emotional health, stress management, all of those play a huge, huge role. It does. Um, You know, when you mentioned having gratitude, right, like that brought me, and it just, I don't know why my mind went there, but it just brought brought to mind your experience working within the hospice. And, you know, how um how was that like working with families and like I mean to constantly be surrounded it's like a sublime combination of like in death there's life that's the quote that comes to mind yes yes right now I don't know why but like that's literally because you're faced with it every day every day you're in the thick of it because you're With these families, right? So it's almost like they're grieving, but they're also preparing themselves and they're also celebrating the life of that person to make the most of it. Yes. Um, How was that for you?
1: That was um, an incredible journey that, um, so it started when I did an internship at an adult daycare center, essentially, and it freaked me out and I thought, oh my gosh, I've seen the end and it's terrifying me and I have two choices: yeah. I either embrace it or I run away and I, and I realized, Hey dude, I'm going to die. Like you better figure this out and like come yeah. to some sort of peace with this. And I, I did just over years of, you know, self-evaluation, like really figuring out not to sound all, I don't know, philosophical or anything meaning of life really and what it meant to me personally and so once I did that uh, and you kind of faced everyone else's mortality and your own to an extent not with a diagnosis but just in living um yeah I I embraced it and I looked at it as as it's a special thing the the dying process I think um just like people celebrate Birth and people celebrate children and they celebrate youth. Um, I, I don't think that the dying process gets enough credit yeah. and reverence that it deserves. It's more of a, a shying away from, and I mean, p- you know how people react to things that are related to death and being morbid and the whole thing. Um, yeah. but seeing it daily. Um in action, like playing out right in front of me real time with real people in the moment it it really isn't in the moment thing I can't go in with a script to a dying person you know and and think, oh, here are these questions and here's and to the families it's so everything's so exposed, everything's so vulnerable, and you just have to meet people where they are, where you are yeah, and um, no, totally and it just makes you live differently like when you when you look it's like you get to the end of your life and you turn around and I'm getting a chance to turn around and look back and dictate how I'm going to live. I think that was a very special thing for me to experience and something that I, I feel lucky to have to see and to have seen. And like, I have this special insight into how life can be. And so when the IVF thing came up, it was like, okay, I'm on your deathbed what do you want this to have looked like? And so I'm kind of always looking, you know, turning around and looking back from, but kind of from the future, this is sounding crazy yeah. horribly, but um, just kind of thinking from my deathbed of what I want my life to be like and doing it today rather than then. So yes. um, that's, that's kind of how that has shaped me and how I how I'm, have been living.
0: No, and I love that you know. Um, you know, on that note, and speaking of it from that perspective, what would be your advice, or like maybe like three wisdom nuggets, I like as I like to call them, mm-hmm. to a woman battling PCOS, or to a woman battling infertility challenges? Um, you know, what would be your piece of advice to her?
1: Excellent question. Um, and this is obviously totally in the moment, but. I would say that even though it doesn't feel like it, your body is a part of you and your body is your friend. Um, and, and it's a relationship. Not always great, but you find a way to make it work. It's like a marriage, right? But, but more because you can't do yeah. it yourself, you know? Yeah. And so I would say have your fights, sure. But find a way to kiss and make up, whatever that looks yeah. like. Be mad, grieve but find a way to kiss and make up because that's the vessel you're in. Um, And I would surround yourself with people who can tell you the good things about yourself when you can't. And that's part of where the village and the tribe comes in. You need, I think you need that. Um, Again, that's that, yes, you're unique, but it's not only about you. You need people around you. and I think really when you think about how short life is, I mean, your days are finite, truly not to be morbid, but that is a reality. And being a woman yeah. is such a special thing, such a special thing. It's hard. It's so hard, but I wouldn't change it. Um. And so... Maybe even use my weird technique of think of your life from your deathbed as a woman and what you want to leave and know that it does not necessarily have to be through birthing. That is not the pinnacle of our power. And I wrote a blog post about this um during
3: my love it.
1: So that's not what defines you at all. Um so dig into what into other areas of yourself. It's an opportunity to do that. Um, that might be yeah
0: that's so beautiful i had chills, as you said that and you know what that right there is like i i just i want every woman if you're listening to this just literally take that to heart um you know know that you are and i always say this i think almost in every episode like you are you first you're human you're a woman second um, and I don't say that with a weight of like as a way to demean anyone or anything. It's just more so being a woman is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. But sometimes, and I feel like over time as with society and the cultural dialogues and nom- not only just in North American culture but just our global culture, the lines have gotten blurred between honoring the feminine and the masculine within us, as women. And we don't honor the humanity anymore. Yes. We don't honor what makes us human. And I think that's where the problem lies, because we're so focused on attaining, I want to be more feminine, okay, but you're human first. Yes, yes. There's more to what makes you who you are than the way you look Truly. or the way you apply makeup on your face. Or if you don't apply makeup, that's fine too. Like You know, there's so much more to you as a person. Um, you know, there's the way you laugh, there's the way you express yourself, there's the things you love to do, Absolutely, the foods you love to eat, the places, the people like, you know, and that's the identity, right? Like, when those titles are stripped away, and I think I said this in like another guest interview that I was on, um, when all your titles are stripped away, mom, wife, girlfriend, friend, woman like who are you yes yes exactly who are you what defines you what is the vision of your life that you have for yourself
3: right Uh, right
0: you know I don't know that I always I didn't even know if I wanted kids but I didn't even know if I didn't want kids you know I was so young when I got diagnosed and it was one of those like I'm so young like I still have a life ahead of me and then it's like when you said the biological clock, I was like, oh, I'm like, this is what it feels like when someone tells you you can't do something. <laughs> like I felt like my chance was, like when someone told me that stat, like you might not be able to get pregnant. I'm like, hang on, I'm single. I'm not even dating anyone. Nice. Okay, I just got out of school, like university, and you're telling me that I can't have kids. Um. Okay, I don't even have that chance yet. <laughs> so, you know, I anyone listening to this like don't let the stats get you down don't listen to those stats Um, and I talk about this from a mindset perspective Um, your body listens to every single thing that you tell it Um, work with your practitioners work with your doctors work with like allopathic and natural solutions but listen to your body first and foremost
1: agreed Um, agreed yeah. intuition is is a powerful thing yeah. and it's there for a reason and you know that all listen to your gut i mean there's a lot yeah. to be to be said for that
2: Truly.
0: totally like last year when i was doing the overnight shifts of the bank i knew that obviously it's not going to do good it's not going to be good for my body in the long run like let's be real staying awake all night is going to ruin your cycle and Hormones and I induced adrenal fatigue, almost adrenal failure on myself last year, Um, thanks to the schedule. I I know that I was working and my body kept asking me to slow down. And so I did for a little bit. I stopped taking the overnight, over bath, the overtime at the bank, and they stopped doling it out too, which was kind of a blessing. And I went to my family doctor. My mom was like, Oh, just do all your hormonal panels here. I'm like, No, they're not going to do it. Trust me she's like, no, just do it. So I did it to amuse her. I'm like, okay, here, like, this is what I want to get checked for. The results came back. And he was like, Oh, your hormones are totally fine. I'm like, No, they're not. (laughs) He's like, but it's totally fine. It says here. And I'm like, I know what it says there on the paper, but I am telling you, I do not feel fine. I know that there's something wrong with my body. And then I did the Dutch test. And for those of you who don't know this. It's called the full form of it is dried urine cortisol testosterone hormone test. Um, basically, testing your um, uh, levels of cortisol and testosterone, like at all given times. I it came back with that I almost had adrenal failure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, like my cortisol
0: levels were off the roof. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, my testosterone was at an all-time high. It was just crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like I was hormonal. I was suicidal last year, not once, but twice. Um, But I know that it was also partly because of the fact that it just skews your hormones. When you are not living in alignment with yourself, it skews up your hormones. When you're not sleeping all the time in the night, when you're not living the lifestyle that you know works for your body, It skews up your hormonal levels. Add to that, you know, whatever else you're going through. Right. And
1: that's an addition. You're right. In addition to everything
3: else.
0: Yeah. 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 So listen to your body for sure. I'm learning that. Take control wherever you can. Mm -hmm. So for me, like nutrition, um, sleep, like managing my energy, those are the three things where I'm like, I, I know I have full control over that. I can't control how other people behave with me. I can't control other situations. I can't control other like what my kid does. Like, you know, I can't control those things. Right. But I can control these couple of moving factors in my life. And everything else goes from there. Like your energy is your biggest resource. And I say this as a PCOS Thriver. Um, yeah, because that's the one thing that I don't know if you feel fatigue, Nia, but oh my gosh. there are days like I'm just dead. I'm like, why am I so tired?
1: Trust me, I used to describe you myself know? as really low energy, which, really yeah, was part of why I thought I could not manage kids because it requires energy.
2: And yeah, it's
1: after <laughs> when she was like, Oh, yeah, this is this is why again, that piece of that relief because I didn't know why, um, yeah, yes the fatigue the the lack of energy
3: yes yes
0: like i take my adrenal supplements now like i eat like pretty decent like i'm eating pretty good according to like to nourish my hormones and stuff but still there's days where i'm like i just don't have the energy for this right right get those boundaries (laughs) in place and it is it is it honestly what you can like you said Yeah, like PCOS was like the biggest and the biggest blessing that came from this diagnosis was eliminating people that weren't good for me, not that they're bad people, they just weren't good for me anymore.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And this I'm talking about, like, even six years ago, like friendships, like different things, like observing different lifestyle habits and patterns, all of it started falling away. The more I started living in a way that honored my health, and that honored my time and energy, Everything else started falling away. that wasn't aligned with mm. me
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it was the biggest call for like what works in my life, what needs to go, what can I do better? Yes,
3: and good for you for listening to to that that's That's the key.
0: yeah, you have to listen yeah. and act I know
1: <laughs> I'm preaching to myself because <laughs> I need to do that.
0: Oh, I know half the time I record these episodes <laughs> i'm like I'm kind of almost talking to myself truly yeah when I record this, because sometimes you just need to hear it. But yeah, to those of you listening, like, you know, like Nia said, like, listen to your body, like befriend your body. I really love that you put that analogy in there. It's literally like a relationship or a marriage. Don't care how you kiss and make up, just kiss and make up, befriend, befriend it, befriend your fear, befriend your anger and whatever else it is that you're facing with your body. Right. Um, Sit with it. Like truly just sit with it, feel it,
3: feel
0: each and everything right yeah wow i I could talk about this like all day
1: (laughs) i really could and
3: yeah and
0: that's what needs to
1: happen it's good to hear someone else um someone else's story and really it just helps to not feel alone truly that's
0: what it can do so i'm so glad for sharing (laughs) I mean, that's,
2: oh, that's huge.
0: So glad. Yeah. I mean, half the time, I just think I'm going crazy um, because it's like all these thoughts that flow through my head, right? But then it, like a voice tells me like, no, you're not alone. There's other women that are probably going through Absolutely. this. Yep. Yep. So we're out there, you know, <laughs> you know, and I think it's like being united in womanhood, motherhood, um, yes. being able to help each other take a load off
3: absolutely
0: ask ask people for help like the biggest thing that has also helped me in terms of my diagnosis is just asking for help like if I can't do everything I don't do it I don't up I mean up until the end of last year I was trying to do everything and be all of the things to all of the people and I'm like no this isn't me right (laughs) can't can't happen Mm -mm. not living in alignment can't do this and you'll pay the price Oh yeah, I did not, I paid the price and it's not good. Right. Right? Like burnout's real. Um yes. I mean, mental and emotional health is real. Like you you know, when you feel burnt out, when you feel exhausted, you're not gonna focus on stuff. You're gonna be a grouch to everyone. I was a raging bitch to people. <laughs> I really I had was those days. Like, yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. Like three AM breakdowns. Are not normal. Like random breakdowns in the car are not normal. Um, it's because you're not living in alignment with who you are as a person. It's so, work for sure. Yeah,
1: introspection and effort. Just like any anything else.
0: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Wow. No, I I love everything about this episode, and I'm so excited for the viewers or for the listeners. Viewers. Wow. Um, I am excited for the listeners um, to, you know, know more about you and, you know, get to your blog. Honestly, people go list, go read Nia's blog. Like it is perfect for those women that are looking for that community, that sense of an open welcome no matter where you are. Like Nia's blog definitely provides that. Like your writing yeah. is, I don't have words for your writing. Like I was blown away like the first time I read it. And then I read your blog post and I'm like, oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. Nice of you. Yeah. Um, So Nia, where can our viewers find you? Like, do you like Instagram more? Do you like Facebook more? Like where can they find you?
1: I do both. Um, So you can find me at, on Instagram at Nia Sharika. That's N as in Nancy, I-A-S-H-E-R-I-K-A. And okay. um, my Facebook is just Nia Pyser, P-Y-C-I-O-R. Okay. And uh, yeah, either is fine. Check out my okay. blog for so, sure. And um, yeah, I'm happy to connect with
0: anyone. It. Yeah, I'll definitely list those in the show notes. And, you know, one last question that I love asking everyone that comes onto the show. Um, what does being a holistic warrior mean to you?
2: It um
1: I think it means that you instead of compartmentalizing, you know how you have like a crate that just has that divider thing in it, and you just kind of lift it up and everything just kind of goes together. Like you can look around, like an open plan house almost. Yeah. And so you invite the different parts of yourself like into the living room. Like just let's all just be. And give each the attention that it deserves each part of yourself fully, and um, when one part needs more attention, you do that but not neglecting or ignoring the other parts of yourself because you're more than just a mom if you even are a mom like you don't need to be you're more than just yeah. a doctor or a wife or whatever um so just uh, just inviting those parts of yourselves to be together and um
3: just you know, digging
1: into yourself and finding your inner strength and not only keeping it for yourself but sharing that because I think there's there's strength and um you know a lot to be gained from sharing whatever you're going through, good and bad. So Yeah.
0: Of course. So oh, I love it. No and you know what, no one's ever everyone always has such unique answers to that question so i love it i feel like i need to do a compilation of like <laughs> well my guests like each and every guest's answer to that at the end of the season or something i definitely am going to do that thank you for that it was beautiful it's a beautiful way of looking at it because it is it is all encompassing right like what happens in one area affects the other and affects the other yes, so it
3: does it does
0: wow thank you thank you so much nia for taking the time to chat with me today and uh you know, just uh, sharing your wisdom with our listeners. And I'm so excited to share you with the world. Thank you for having me. I, I always sure. appreciate people
1: who take a chance on me because I think I can be kind of an interesting, um, you know, hard pill to swallow sometimes or just kind of a weirdo. And so the fact that you thought hey, enough of a me to too. <laughs> have me on is, is amazing. So thank you so much. And I, I just hope even one person, even one would be absolutely yeah. worth it because, I mean, we're all worthy and we're all worth it, all valuable. So thank you for doing yeah. what you were doing to reach the masses. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I received that. And thank you so much. Um, but you know what? With that being said, we are at the end of our... Um, of our episode. And once again, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, Should anyone want, want to order a copy of your book, where can they buy it?
1: They can um, actually, if you contact me from Facebook or Instagram, that would be, that'd be great. I would love to mail you a copy. Um, And then just look out for the launch date on Amazon and in your bookstores. Hopefully. Perfect.
0: Yay! Excellent. Awesome. So, yeah. Wonderful. Um, I think, yeah, that's beautiful. I'll post a link to the book in your show notes as well. I think this will air just in time around the launch too. So perfect. It'll be like good timing. <laughs>
1: awesome. And check out my book. Yeah. Perfect for the pocket.
0: Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Tanya Jane Marius vaz your host, and you've been listening to the Holistic Warrior Life podcast. You can follow us at the Holistic Warrior Life on Instagram and Facebook. And to learn more about our guests and the stories that we share on our podcast, or to learn more about our community, stay updated on any courses or programs we offer, or if you simply want to read up on our blog and stay in the loop about any upcoming events, please check us out online at www.theholisticwarriorlife.com or any of our social media channels. And if you haven't done so already, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you tune in for your daily dose of The Holistic Warrior Life and hit subscribe to the tribe, rate and leave us a review every rating and review means the world to us it keeps us going and it gets us out in front of more warriors who need the soul food it ensures that our message is heard and that more people are given the hope that they're not alone on their journey i want to thank our guests for sharing their wisdom their journey their stories so unapologetically you are inspiring our listeners more than you realize so thank you for coming on to our show And to our listeners, I want to thank each of you for tuning in week after week for giving us the honor to speak life into you, to motivate you and inspire you and to show you that you're not alone, that here at The Holistic Warrior Life, you always have a community who loves you and supports you no matter where you are in your journey. We hope you tune in next week. Until then, remember, dear warrior, you're braver than ever, wiser beyond your years and are destined to thrive. So go live out your greatness. Go do it now because your time is now. So go get started. What you waiting for?